Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by APT Capital Group, where Kyle and Lalita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, www.limitless-estates.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. And if you want to learn more, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, now let's get into our show. On today's show, we have Kathy Jang here with us. Welcome, Kathy. How are you? Hi, doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, before we head into today's interview, here is a little bit about Kathy. Kathy's passion and goal is to enable busy professionals to gain greater control of their time by achieving financial freedom through investing in multifamily real estate. Kathy's real estate portfolio consists of over 1,200 multifamily units, mostly consisting of value-add B and C-plus class properties. Kathy also has an extremely skilled background in consulting, management, and marketing. So Kathy, I know your portfolio is quickly growing, so can't wait to hear how you're successfully doing that. But first, can you take it from here and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the introduction. So I spent 15 years in the professional realm, really just busting my rear, right? And after a while, I just realized I was spending more time at work than with my family, my friends and community. And so, you know, I actually became a real estate professional because I really wanted to spend that time with my priorities. For me, that my passion is absolutely my family, right? Number one and foremost. So I love being a mom to two little guys, first and third graders and a wife. And last week I was able to like skip into my first graders classes that are mystery reader and things like that. I was never able to do when I had my W-2 job and he was excited. And I was even more excited because I don't take those little events for granted at all. And I know how hard it is to be able to have that flexibility, but you know, it took me a long time to get there, but I was able to, and I'm really thankful for that. And I'm also really passionate about the community and just traveling and adventuring as well, or, or even combining all three of those together. And so that's really where I have tried to prioritize my time going forward and why I do kind of what I do as a real estate professional now. Awesome. Well, love that story. Appreciate you hopping on. Let's get started with how you first got started. You started with single family homes and then you scaled into multifamily. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So my husband started off us off in the single family realm. So when I met him, he owned a townhome and we were going to go to my graduate school in Chicago. And so that was the first time that we rented out a home, essentially. And that started us on this route for just rental properties in general. We love seeing that monthly paycheck come through without really us spending too much time and effort. And we start to see and value just what it is to have rental income and passive income at that, right? And so we enjoyed it. But after a while, we started to get a little bit more single family rentals in the Bay Area where we live. And then we started to go out of state. 
But we realized that there was some cons with single family homes as well, which is a lot of it's absolutely scalability. And then also the administrative work, right? We were doing so much paperwork for each roof. And after a while, it wasn't entirely sustainable. And we did the math. And in order to retire off of that single family income, we would have to get it was something like 75 rental properties, which just was for us, it didn't feel very reasonable. And so we looked into multifamily properties from there and really just scaled from there. And with multifamily, we were able to achieve financial freedom, which for us meant, you know, the passive income that we were getting from rental properties covered our expenses and lifestyle. And we were able to do that pretty quickly to a point where I was able to exit out of my W-2 within two years of really getting into multifamily as a passive investor. And so I think the scalability of multifamily is really like a very great pro to it. And also, I love the team aspect of multifamily. I think with single family rentals, you're kind of on your own, you do your thing. And it's just isn't as fun because you're not working with other people doing that. Yep. Love that. I did the math as well when I got started in single family homes and I had to get to a hundred homes. And so it just wasn't scalable. And it's exactly why I also switched to multifamily. So tell us a little bit about your first multifamily deal. What were some of the challenges? What did you learn that enabled you to scale up your portfolio? Yeah. My single, or sorry, my first multifamily was in Kansas City. And it took, I think the first challenge was even getting that first deal. We underwrote, I underwrote with a team of individuals for a good year before I even got that first deal. I mean, when you talk about marathons, like I felt like that was it. And you know, some people that I have met through the real estate world, they're like, it's been two months. Like, I can't believe I haven't found a deal. But in reality, I think this entire road takes a ton of grit and, you know, it's going to take longer than two months unless you're super lucky, you know, and for every 100 deals that we underwrote, maybe we would be able to submit, you know, an LOI or get to the final rounds, but it really just takes incredible persistence. And that was challenging because, you know, I would love to like go off and go running immediately, but it took a good year to get there. Yeah, I have some students that complain after underwriting 10 or 20 deals that they haven't found a deal yet. And I tell them, underwrite 200 deals, and then let's see where you're at. I mean, this market is very hot. It's very competitive right now. When you're first getting in, you have to do things that separate yourself from other people. You have to do things other people are not willing to do. And underwriting 10 or 20 deals is not going to be enough. I mean, you said it, you had to underwrite 100 just to find one to submit an LOI on. And so one to get accepted may take two or 300 tries. So love the persistence there. So you invest in multiple markets. Can you tell us what some of your important metrics are when you're deciding where to invest? Yeah. So population growth is a key one. So citydata.com. I get a lot of my metrics from citydata.com. And population growth is a big one. Job growth is another. I think for me, this could just be a personal one. But for me, crime is a good one because I don't want to walk into a war zone. I mean, I'm petite, I'm little, you know, and I want to be able to get to the properties and walk them and see what's going on. So I do look at the crime there as well. Um, household income is a good indicator for me as well, because I tend to focus more on blue collar housing. But I also want to make sure that they have a stable enough income where they can afford and not struggle with paying for rent as well. 
Why do you focus on that workforce housing? That would I would consider be B and C class. Why did you choose that specifically? What benefits does it have over, let's just say, a class A property? Good question. I mean, I think a class A property looks glamorous, you know, and I would love the visuals to be, you know, part of my portfolio. But in reality, I think when crap hits a fan, like COVID hits a fan, you'll see a lot of people in class A might have to move down to class B, right? If their income is reduced or if they hit a hardship. And then in the good times, you might see class C people move into the class B. So I feel like class B hits that, you know, whether it's a good economy or bad economy, there's always a solid need for class B properties. And so for me, it's just one of the more conservative approaches where there's always just going to be a need and very stable. And so that's really what attracts me to class B properties. Yep, I agree completely. What about individual properties? Any other metrics other than like household income? What are you looking specifically in your properties that you're investing in? Yeah. So, you know, I do like to make sure that my property is in a solid neighborhood. So I don't mind if it's a class B or actually I prefer if it's a class B property in a class A neighborhood. So, you know, the Kansas City property that I was talking about earlier, that is surrounded by we bought it at a class C and then we renovated it to be a class B, but it's surrounded in a class A neighborhood by multi-million dollar homes, golf courses, all of that jazz, right? And so, you know, it's just a solid area and it's great because you're able to help the individuals that were in, you know, not the best building and renovate it to become just a nice community for them to live in, to be proud of, you know, and I love being able to do that for our tenants. Yep, absolutely. For the listeners out there, can you maybe define a little bit the difference between class A, B, and C since we're stating that a lot here? Yeah, absolutely. So a class A building is kind of the top notch, right? The ones where you'll see the white collar worker, the ones with a higher income, go to. So it's really just the newer buildings with a ton of amenities. You know, it'll probably have, you know, very high class amenities with interiors that are stainless steel, granite countertops, all of the best of the best. Class B would be a little bit of a notch down from that. And you'll, it's going to be more working class housing. So, you know, it'll be a little bit older, you know, the amenities within the complex won't be quite as nice. It'll be a little bit of a reduced reduction of that. And then you might have formica countertops instead of granite, and it might be black and white appliances as well. And then class B would be solid blue collar workforce housing. Awesome. We mentioned earlier, financial freedom is part of your company's mission. And you've mentioned a little bit about what financial freedom is to you from your families. But what about from your investor standpoint as well? I mean, financial freedom, like I talk to a ton of people, whether they're investors or not about this concept, because just through my social channels, they see that I've achieved financial freedom. And I think a lot of the individuals that I know are in the grind of their W-2 job and finding it hard to balance life with their job, unfortunately, and trying to find a way where, you know, potentially they can get their income to work for them. And so I really talked to them about this concept of just investing passively to make your money work for you, right? So you no longer have to always trade your time for money. And time is such, we just never have enough time. No one ever has enough time. And so if if the only way you can get your income is through your time, then it's hard to really build a retirement plan based off of, you know, your W-2 or whatnot. So that's where I think investing in real estate or just any other 
you know, stocks, something more passively can really escalate your income so that you can achieve financial freedom quickly. Can you talk about your transition? You mentioned you, you know, you were able to become financially free once you found multifamily two years after you found it. How did you balance it during those two years when you had your full-time job and you're trying to learn about multifamily? Good question. I think, you know, at a certain point, that transition between single family to multifamily helped a lot because with the sale of our single family homes, we were able to lessen the administrative burden. That was super time consuming in the middle of the night after we were working, trying to, you know, reach out to the different property managers and all of that good stuff. So when we transitioned into passively investing in multifamily, the general partners on the deals were the day-to-day people managing the properties, right? And we just provided them with the investment that we had, whether it's like $100,000 or whatever investment we had in that property. And then the general partners took care of all of the administrative work and all the day-to-day activities. So we essentially offloaded all of our nighttime activity and you know, were able to just give them our money and let it work for us. And I think that was that, like that really skyrocketed our ability to achieve financial freedom. It really just reduced our time needed to grow our income. Yeah, awesome. I know you've expressed a commitment to making a positive impact in the communities in which you invest in. And that's our mission statement as well. Can you tell us about how you're going to accomplish this and why it's an important aspect of your business? Yeah, absolutely. So we talked that I like to really invest in class B properties. And what I found was these tenants, for the most part, they really want to, you know, be proud of where they live. And for the most part, they try to take care of where they live, but not all owners really try have pride of ownership and, you know, help with cleaning up the exteriors of the property and ensuring that it's a safe environment for, you know, our, the tenants. And so that's really where, you know, I like to focus a lot of my time. I have a marketing background. So. And I do a lot of market research, right? So for me, it's all about understanding what the tenant needs are, you know, and, you know, the latest property is by a couple schools. It's very family oriented. And for me, it's a matter of deep diving into, hey, the tenant profile here is going to be very much family focused. How do we make sure that this is as secure of a community as possible, as safe as possible, clean somewhere where the kids can thrive? You know, like, how do we ensure that it's somewhere that the parents will be proud of taking their kids to? And I really spend my time there and make sure that it's something that our tenants would absolutely love being a part of and the community is proud of as well. Yeah, I absolutely love that. You mentioned that you have a marketing background. Do you think that that was helpful for you in in real estate investing? And what are some of the skill sets that maybe you brought over and transitioned from marketing into real estate investing? Yeah. So within marketing, there's roles, a lot of different roles. And one of the roles is product marketing, which is really understanding the customer and creating the product or like understanding what type of detail should go into the product to best to meet the target customer's needs, right? And so I think that's exactly the skill set that I took to transfer over to real estate, you know, really digging into the demographics, the tenant needs, and how do you identify those properties that are kind of like the diamond in the rough, right? And translating that over 
so that it's an executional plan. There's the action plan tied to how you renovate the property to meet the specific tenant needs. That's exactly the same type of thing that I was doing for medical device products that I brought over to real estate, you know, and translating to best meet the needs that our tenants have. Yep. Love it. All right. Lolita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Kathy, here we go. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? I love the Google Suite. It's such a collaborative type. You know, real estate, you always have to work in teams. And Google Suite really enables us to do that well. Right. Can you tell us a story about one of your biggest mistakes in real estate investing so far and the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, I would say it's probably staying in California in terms of rental properties for a little bit too long. So I think with California, it was a great learning experience because it was our first you know, few properties and we were able to just drive on over and just really learn from it. But for California, it's more of an equity play. And we soon realized that there's so much risk with it being an equity play. Unfortunately, we had property in the 2008 through 2010 time period and found that our equity was stuck there and we couldn't really pull it out to really take advantage of that time period. And so that's when we really understood cash flow is king. And so now we really target more cash flowing properties. And so wish we had learned that earlier, but it's never too late to learn. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Yeah. So we more recently moved to Phoenix and, you know, coming into a new geography, especially Phoenix, who, which is, you know, top of the market when it comes to rent growth. It's so hot. It's been hard to get plugged in. Right. And so my goal right now is to be on the top of, you know, everyone's list. So if there is a new opportunity that they will call me and ring me up, right? I have some homework to do. I'm still working on it, but that's my goal for sure. Okay, great. And finally, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Simonpointhomes.com. That's my website and all my social channels can be reached through there as well. Great. Well, Kathy, thanks for spending some time with our listeners today. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you guys so much for your time. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.